Adam and I'm in Manchester. And I'm Neil and I'm in London. And welcome to the next instalment of the uh, Start and Size podcast. And I guess we've got to start this month with the fact that you got a nosebleed in the last month, Neil, by uh, actually heading right the way up to Manchester for a few days. I, I had to break free. Had to be done. Uh, as, I, as, as I keep saying, there's no no escaping Plague Island. So um, yeah, make the most of it. And uh, yeah, and at, at the risk of I don't know, so we, this time of the show, we'd normally talk about where we've been and what we're doing. And I believe this is now going to turn into an official ad for Northcote and the Parker's Arms. But instead of having pie deliveries and boxes, actually went to Northcote, actually went to the Parker's Arms. And as great as the boxes are, the boxes do not do these places justice. Oh, dear Lord. No. Oh, dear Lord, they were good. I know you've been to the Parker's. Yeah, I mean, I think you had the same. Did you have the, the mutton pie? Mutton pie, lamb fat pastry, um, just... It's just just ludicrous. I mean, um, the level of hospitality was gorgeous. It's a beautiful room. So I caught up with a with a couple of friends who popped up for a drink as well. Just just lovely. Just the the perfect. You can't. You really really want that as your local, don't you? It, it's such a great setting as well, though, isn't it? It's it's wonderful. It's every every single thing about it. Just could not fault it. They say the level of welcome. The that ability of the staff to kind of um, yeah that that classic thing of being incredibly efficient with some tables and really jokey and lighthearted with others, um, just absolutely spot on. Really, really, really could not fault it. Um, that pie was a, a thing of astonishing beauty, but everything we had and the same with Northcote. It's 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 a machine. It's it's just a beautiful, efficient, slick machine that delivers quite quite exceptional food the and I, it, it, we, we were laughing because the the number of places we know that are struggling to find staff i think they all appear to be at northcote because i think every dish was presented by about three people so i don't know how they're holding on to these people but ask ask them people and the other maybe they they've got the secret mm. where so, so there was northcote you did the parker's arms um, it's great. It was great to, to see you as well. We we obviously we met at uh, the Brooklyn Hotel in Indeed. Manchester, which yeah. uh, has got a real good feel about it. I mean, we did the vegan menu, didn't we? But it was, and that's not a bad thing. But um, the whole feel of the place was really there was something about that place. It's got a real energy to it. It's, it's kind of the sister to the the Gotham, which I know is a little more sort of shishi in that market. So so much so, I, the one time I tried to get in, they wouldn't let me in. So <laughs> it's, it was quite nice getting into the uh, to the to the sister hotel. Beautifully laid out, again, really great staff, really friendly, lovely vibe. Yeah, we called up. I know one of, again, the 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 risk of this just repeating ourselves. Um, one of your favourites, Jane Eyre, popped to see their new um, sort of outpost at Freight Island mm. by Piccadilly Station, which was terrific. And, and again. And who can argue with a one-pound oyster? Well, yeah, it's great. I mean, it was great for you to be up here, actually, because you can see that, and one of the whole principles behind what we wanted to do with this is to talk about there is so much stuff going on outside of London, and I'm not saying that there isn't great stuff going on in London, but there's so much out there, isn't there? And there's so much that's going on that it's like, and again, I kind of felt that when you were up here, 
normality. I know we talked about this quite a bit, but it kind of felt that things were returning to something like normality. But it was still a bit scary. But on the whole, and seeing the staff just so like, you know, the, the guys at Brooklyn, they were just so nice and it was just so accommodating and everything else. And it, it does feel like things are getting there, aren't they? It does. I think, I mean, I'm so the double, double vaccinated, proudly double vaccinated, um, carrying the double vaccination certificate around, still doing the mask thing on public transport, still feeling a little uneasy if people don't in, in or in certain crowded spaces. But yeah, for the most part, sitting, at, I think we've always said with restaurants and hospitality, because there are cleanliness standards, because there are sort of yeah, health and safety requirements, it's always felt from kind of the eat out to help out days, it's always felt like they're doing the right thing. And mm. that we, we want people to come back, we don't want to kill someone we don't want to give them a nasty respiratory disease we want them to kind of keep coming back as customers and it does feel that that's the still going to be the way that things kind of evolve and develop and 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 give most people confidence but yeah i think it is just that that little sense of small steps towards normality as you say i think i think we're some way away completely but we can kind of fake it for a little while yet yeah definitely and I mean, I just, I just think it's great to share that you know you say we went to the Parker's Arms a few weeks ago. That pie was just incredible. But you can almost feel that there's like the staff are just like you know it's great to have people back. And like you say, the boxes are brilliant. And you know we've talked to people about the boxes and and stuff. But there's that thing of being back in a restaurant, and because so much of what restaurants are all about is is the atmosphere and the occasion isn't it it isn't just the food that's on the plate in front of you of course that's so important but it's that thing of like friends getting together and the whole social side of of what's going on not just what's on the plate no indeed i know we've we've said it many times possibly possibly on here certainly over pints and stuff in the past that there is this obsession with the with the what's on the plate what's in the glass but I've, I've had great nights at terrible restaurants and terrible nights at great restaurants simply based around the mood, the atmosphere, the company. And it, it's so much more than what's on the plate. I think, I, I guess, as a kind of a, a caveat, one of the, the catches with the Parkers was um, because of staffing, because of various sort of issues along those lines, they were running at 40% capacity. Mm. And, and expect to be for a little while yet so it's yes a while while there's a sense coming back to normality great coming from london getting up to to lancashire like that there is still somewhere at the back there is still that little nagging doubt that we've um we've got a few things to uh to get through yet yeah i guess and it's i get again the feeling i don't know what it's like in london but there is there is a little bit of a feeling here again of you know, with Plan B and everything else, that our place is going to close down again. You know, is it just going to be outside seating, which will just be an absolute nightmare in the winter? All this kind of stuff, and we've we've mentioned it, I think, in every podcast we've done so far. But you just can't get away from that. Like uncertainty is is the killer, isn't it? Exactly. No, it's that it's that underlying thing. It's uh, that's going to be there for a little while. Little while yet, but but as you say, we're trying to look on the bright side. And I, I mean, a couple of other things um, managed to tick off while I was in 
uh, Harrog- in, in Yorkshire as well. So my stepbrother lives in Harrogate, caught out with him for lunch. Went to a great little place called Stutzi. Fantastic, little small plate Italian restaurant. Really, really good, fun, creative. They deep fried chunks of lasagna as a handheld snack. What's not lot? What's not lot to like? I saw, um, I saw that on your Instagram feed. It was fun. Name written And and I also went to the Magpie. I had fish and chips in Whitby at the Magpie. Every bit as good as I'd hoped it would be. Um, and you were at the uh, Manchester. There was a food festival, food and drink festival. Yeah, we were. Um... A couple of really good things, actually, this month. I mean, yeah, Manchester Food and Drink Festival, that was just yesterday. It was great that we actually, we went down on Saturday. So just for the, for our three listeners, uh, we're recording this on a Monday. Um, went out to the Manchester Food and Drink Festival on Saturday. It was one in, one out. It was so busy, um, which was great to see. So we were like, okay, let's go and grab some lunch somewhere else. And we probably tried three, four places in the city that were full. And you're just like, this is great. You know, there is that thing again. So we went back yesterday. Um, yeah, some uh, just amazing, some really good kind of street food. And like, oh, my glaze of chicken and pomegranate wrap that I had. Just, yeah, just some really good stuff. And it was, it was great to see. But, I, I mean, I've got to say my my highlight since we last chatted really was Manor. You know, they... Of course. The only Michelin star restaurant in Manchester still, which is amazing. Um and I know we talked about this during lockdown when we had the Manor Burger. And um, yeah, again, as I as I said in the podcast when we had, we, I had the Manor Burger, was, I was expecting pretentious, sort of over-fussy, just, yeah, uncomfortable dining. It was absolutely incredible. It was just so off the scale and every single... Every single bite and dish was just just phenomenal, and it wasn't that stuffy kind of thing. You, you know, you do sometimes get at top end restaurants, but this was the staff were incredible, the whole feel to it, and it it felt like the only way I can describe it, it felt like food and drink when I was younger, when like going out for dinner was a bit of an occasion. You know, we kind of take it for granted a little bit now, don't we? You know, you go out for something to eat. This was, it was an occasion and it was just, yeah, the staff were, the staff were unbelievable, but every single dish was just, yeah, it's something else. And it would be wrong of me in some respects to kind of pick a a favourite, but yeah, Um, scallops with a savoury fudge. I mean, who would ever have thought of something like that? But it was just, it was just incredible. And that's got to be my highlight. I mean, I've been very lucky again this this month. Of there's a new bar that's just opened around the corner called Flawed. That's doing natural wines, really great menu. They're using a lot of um, local bakers and things like that. Which just there's such a sense of community around it, which is absolutely brilliant. They say Manchester Food and Drink Festival. It's on again uh, next weekend, so we should be going back down. Um, good friend of mine and uh, incredible tiramisu maker um matia who who he's going to be there next next weekend so yeah just just loads going on which again it feels it feels good it feels good fantastic well so actually the other place i need to do need to mention um jose pizarro has opened a little or two two spots at the royal academy that is it's the perfect tapas is the perfect art gallery food 
that thing. I, I don't want a full meal. I just want a couple of dishes and a glass of wine in between what popping into different rooms. It's yeah. absolutely ideal. So there's, there's a kind of one more formal restaurant, uh, beautiful room. It feels like it's always been a Jose Pizarro restaurant. Uh, remarkable achievement after about 10 days when I went in. And there's the little bar um, downstairs, which is much more, look, feels like something's just been dropped uh, into Piccadilly from Barcelona. Really? Just kind of little snacks, little bits and bits, really nice vibe, good coffee, bit more sort of, um, yeah, more more sort of tortieri, croquetti sort of stuff. But again, just the, the perfect fit. And, and well, it's, it's Jose Pizarro, you know, it's going to be, you know it's going to be good. Yeah, you know what you're getting, don't you? Exactly, exactly. I think uh, just at this point, by the way, I should apologise that I know I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I my my little marketing office is in a, a shipping container, and I've got to say that in the Costa del Ancoats today, it's about 47 degrees, or that's what it feels like. So I've got windows open, so if you hear, I was going to say if you hear wildlife, but you're more likely to hear construction work. Um, and I do apologise, but it's like it's baking here at the minute. It's great. It's absolutely brilliant. But anyway, I think what was great about was sort of being able to see each other face to face. We got chatting about stuff, and our wives were there, and we were on about loads of different things about food and drink. And obviously, you and I talking about what we wanted to do with this podcast and everything else. And I think one of the we obviously went down the route of chatting about what's wrong with hospitality and to begin with we kind of went down that thing of uh you know obviously issues around brexit and supply and stuff that we've put out today around you know co2 supplies and all this kind of stuff but then we were kind of going into some of the other little shitty bits that like drive us a bit mad yeah it's, and, the, it's the niggles it's yeah. always those little niggly things and we, we it was really funny to i mean yeah we'd had a few cocktails which is great but Talking about some of the little, yeah, niggly bits, mm-hmm. and, which I found, for me was brilliant. I mean, what would be the the niggly bits for you about food and drink that just actually really get you back up? The I, 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 again, we're, we're, I think maybe because we were having cocktails, the thing that gets my sort of proverbial is is when somebody comes up to you with a cocktail, telling you, "Hey, try this; it doesn't taste of booze." Yeah. Uh, I've just paid 14 quid for it. It had better taste of booze. Yeah. I'm, I'm an adult. I like booze. The mm. reason I'm drinking a cocktail is booze. There is, I do not want... If I, if I wanted to drink squash, I'd yeah. drink squash. I want it to taste of what it's meant to taste of. Yeah, with it, this, this thing, oh, this is amazing. Oh, you can't take... Oh, it doesn't taste like there's any alcohol in there. Well, give it back... Give me a pint. I'd rather I'd rather have a beer than a glass of fruity sweet crap. Yeah. That's yeah. I don't, that's one of the things. I mean, there's there's a couple of other things, but that was the one that just always always irks. And I know, and I we 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 spun this. I've, I've got to spin this back to you now. I, I, I think I know what you're going to say, and. Uh, what really gets on your gate, Mr. Whitaker? Unsalted butter. <laughs> what is the fucking point of unsalted butter? I, I just don't get it. Like, yeah, my wife, my wife will say to me things like, you know, are you going to have any 
bread with that butter because like it the corresponding ratio of butter to bread isn't actually great because I just pile it on but on one to one. One to one is the official But what's the point? What what is the point of unsalted butter? And the other <laughs> the other thing was, and I read a press release the other day, and, and this this get really gets me, is uh, yeah, I read this press release and it said about the autumn menu that's coming that smells of autumn. For me, autumn is smells of bloody damp grass, volatile wasps, you know, the, the <laughs> impending disappointment and gloom of winter. It smell, yes. It smells of it smells of earthy disappointment. Yeah, I don't want a menu that smells of autumn. You know what I mean? I don't, how yeah. It's that kind of sometimes in we're both writers, you know, and we both sometimes we've both been there when you're trying to write something for somebody and you're struggling for words, but this menu smells of autumn. I don't want the thought of some erratic little wasp that's come through <laughs> wet grass that's telling me that winter's on its way on a menu. I want smells of earthy good food, you know what I mean? And that's that. This 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 menu smells. <laughs> it's fantastically bizarre. There are so many good things to celebrate about autumn. Yeah, but well, the, the the smell, <laughs> the smell of it probably isn't. That just probably isn't one of them. I, I, you know, as I say, we're both in the industry and we both write for people and we both write our own stuff and whatever. But that just stinks of desperation of something that's going to appeal to a journalist. Yeah. Or whatever that this menu smells of autumn. Yeah, no. We need a soundbite. That'll do. Yeah, I don't care. Just tell one. me what it like is. One. Do you know what I mean? And that's the thing. Yeah, but it's always got to be unsalted butter. That's the top of my list. <laughs> well, I suppose I, I guess we should put this into context. And one of the things we've been trying to do with the the podcast, we want to sort of reach out to to the public at large, which is something we're we're looking to do in in due course. Should have some news for you on that score fairly shortly I believe um, and also where we've been starting to sort of put feelers out to people within the industry um, sometimes we want to do sort of very topical issues sometimes we just want to get to know people a little bit better and we figured there's there's a few things that kind of that particular subject and a couple of other things we came up with so it's so we're kind of creating a questionnaire, what do you call it? Generic interview. Yeah. Just something, little ways of getting to know people and, and some food, um, likes and dislikes, um, some habits. So we've done the – and I don't want it all to be completely negative, although ranting is quite a lot of fun. It is. It is. But it's that thing of a um, really good friend of mine who – we were having a beer the other night, and we, you know, when you go off on one of those tangents, and we're just chatting away about stuff. No, no, I've no idea what a tangent is, mate. No, never, never, <laughs> never hit one in never my life. Never happened. <laughs> and we we're all about like, because when we, we go around to theirs for dinner and stuff, and and it's great, and they kind of get what we like and whatever. And I just said to him, I went, if you went around to somebody's for dinner, at a friend's house, what would be like the meal? Or the three dishes that you actually, as they brought them out, you went, "Oh my god!" I honestly and, don't. And, and not in a good way. And you're going to have to be really polite and just shuffle it around your plate for an hour and try and like, "Oh, this is great." I said because 
yeah, we, you and I know each other. We know kind of the foods that we like, and you know, Scott and and Sarah, they know what foods I like and what my wife likes and whatever. But if you went round to somebody's house and they put a menu in front of you or three dishes in front of you that went, I really don't know. Uh, yeah, that's it's like a Temple of Doom banquet. Yes. <laughs> so on, what, what, start, what starter for you would you go, there's absolutely no chance? The, I mean, it's, it, for me, it's, it's tricky to kind of find, it was tricky to find kind of three dishes. I mean, it's, it's more, there's more of a, a, a sort of a concept and thinking back to things that have happened. I mean, I mean I've been lucky enough to sort of travel extensively, had some amazing experiences. But the flip side of that has been some very, very odd things have gone into my mouth, uh, which I'm in no rush to uh, to repeat. However, I think the thing, if I sat down, um, I think that I'm always told, well, but you're a food writer, you're this, you're that. Surely you like awful. I, sometimes. <laughs> Not always. You see, you're speaking to the wrong guy there, because awful, I would eat awful until the cows came out. But it depends It depends on what it is. And for I, me, it was things like, if the, for example, I've been told, I can't believe you wouldn't eat an Andriette sausage. Well, no, because it, it's made of intestines and it literally smells of poo. It, everything about it is, is nauseating and horrible, or the texture, that, so if somebody delivered that as a starter, um, I, I don't know whether I'd actually stick around for the main course. It's something I'm told I should like. It's something I absolutely don't. What about yourself? What would what would be the the starter that uh... that salad? <laughs> just salad. I just I don't get it. You know, and it, uh, yeah. And Nancy, my wife, is always telling me, you know, I need to eat more salad. And I know I do. And I do eat salad. But as a starter, I kind of, I don't want to ease myself into a meal with leafage. I want to, like, have something that's going to make me go, yes. You know, and I actually found this really easy when we were talking about this. I, I just was like, right, straight away, just like anything that on the starters list that's got salad in it. <laughs> <laughs> you go, no, no, and, and like goat's cheese salad. Yeah, goat's cheese, great. I don't want goat's cheese salad. I want goat's cheese. I, I beetroot, brilliant, roasted beetroot. And when they put a roasted beetroot salad straight away, I go, no. <laughs> I don't know if I've got an aversion to green. I don't know. You know, I'm not greenest, but I no. I don't know, or I'm going to someone's house, or I'm going to a restaurant, I don't want to be buying for 10 quid, 15 quid, 20 quid, leaves. And I know, I know, I'm, I'm such a Neanderthal, I'm northern. <laughs> what, starter? No, I don't. So what, what, okay, so let's, let's take it on from the salad. What's the worst possible thing they could follow that up with? Mushrooms. When when mushrooms are the key ingredient in a dish, I go no. I I don't mind mushrooms as a bit of a side or you know that's part of the dish. But when mushroom and I know people are going to hate me for this, but when mushrooms are the key ingredient, they're just like slimy horror. No, anyway, 
yeah, mushrooms <laughs> straight away, I'd be like, there is absolutely no chance. In fact, I'd prefer to have a main of salad. <laughs> salad on salad, double salad. I just don't, I, that, I know that's just me. And don't get me wrong, you know, when it's like, it's in a bolognese or it's, you know, I am being really basic now, but when it's part of a dish, when a mushroom is a part of a dish, I get it. Mm-hmm. But when it's the main thing in a dish, no. I, I just, like, there is absolutely no chance. And if someone put, you know, a huge mushroom in front of me, then even if it was stuffed with offal, I would probably still be like, mm, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, excuse me, do you have any salad? <laughs> what about you? Go on, what your main? Your, if See, you... it's, it's grouse. Really? I just don't get it. I've, I've, I've tried any number of times. There seems to be an increasing need to serve it virtually raw, which I've, I really don't understand. I, I find it tough. It's, it's impossible to cut up on a table. It's not worth the effort anyway. There are, there are certain things. You just go, you, you really hope at the end of this prep, it's going to taste amazing. No, it just doesn't. It just doesn't justify the work. Um, again, all sorts of other game. And again, going back to the the, the awful thing, I mean, it's a, throw me some sweetbreads. I'm the happiest man in the world. Calves brains, lambs brains, all that kind of stuff. Deviled kidneys could not be happier. But that's my thing, going back to what I... Poo sausage? No. (laughs) Do not give me poo sausage. Do not follow up with grouse. But going back to what you've just said and going back to what I said, okay, so with grouse and with game and whatever, the chef has had to put a certain amount of effort into making this dish. Salad? (laughs) Throw it in a bowl with a balsamic vinegar and maybe sprinkle a bit of feta on it if you're feeling a bit luxurious. Do you know what I mean? No. <laughs> and it's the same with a mushroom. It takes no effort. Whereas we, at least you know with game and with, you know, grouse, whatever we're talking about. Yeah, but, but so, yeah. I say the, part of that, I've had one positive grouse experience where things were sort of dissected. They'd made like it was a, a whiskey. With... That was whiskey, not a... Not <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, well, they, yeah, they'd made a little pie with a bit of it. They'd done something else with some more of it. The, the, the breast was served separately. Then, great, really nicely done. But so often to sit there, there's like an entire raw bird virtually thrown on there. It appears to have been cooked with a match. It's, no, just can't, just can't do it. So, so there you go. So you've, had, so you've double saladed. <laughs> or you've had salad and mushrooms. It was grouse with the smell of autumn. <laughs> and a salad <laughs> with a smell of wet disappointment. Go on, desserts. I'll get you go first. Desserts, desserts, dessert. I'm struggling with. Oh. There, there are flavors that I don't like. I've had far too many things of like the, 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 this whole green tea matcha thing does not belong in a pudding, will never belong in a pudding. There's it's, it's either barely there so it hardly affects the taste which is good but pointless or it's completely overpowering in which case it rips all the moisture out of your mouth makes you look like yeah you're pulling the kind of the, the classic instagram selfie face 
it's just grim. I just do not get it. I, I love green tea as a drink. Do not coat my dessert in it. Do not make me something from it. Apart from that, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to find... I mean, so, I, Christ, we've met, you know, so they, I look like there isn't a pudding I've never liked. So it's kind of... Uh, donuts. Donuts. What is the point of donuts? I just think for me, donuts, if it's anything donut related, that is the only, and this is nothing against manor, but don't, there, there were donuts on the menu at manor, and I was just like, I just don't get it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm eating, a, this is not manor, this is generally, I'm yeah. eating a lump of cotton wool that's got sugar and jam all over it. What donuts? I just. <laughs> and, and like the amount of people I put this out on Twitter a few weeks ago and the amount of people that went unfollowed, unfollowed because I was like, yeah. I just don't get donuts I just do not get it at all, but maybe that's just me well, Again, I think there's there's a time and a place I mean something um, sweet, pastry deep fried, can't be all bad, but then you get some of the, I know, the more popular, the Krispy Kreme range, that I do not understand that is just it is a, a delicate layer of sugar deep fried around air. It disappears in a fraction of a second and it costs half a month's wages. Mm. So I'm utterly with you on utterly with you on some of that. I, I will I think so much of it with me, you know, comes down to texture. I don't like the texture of certain mushrooms. I don't like the texture of donuts. And it, it's not actually sometimes the taste, is the texture that, that really just throws me off, that just really doesn't appeal to me. But I know I'm a bit weird, and, but hey, there you know. But we've you, got like, to... you like what you like. Exactly. You know what you like. This and is... that's what's brilliant about food, isn't it? That, you know, we can't all like the same stuff. It'd be we very boring all... if we did. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess the flip side of that was then we were talking about you sit in a restaurant and what you're hoping is on a menu. Mm -hmm. So what, what you're hoping is on the starters list on a menu. What what would be for you? You you really hope it's going to be there or it's always your go-to starter. If they're there, oysters. Yeah. Almost almost inevitably. I mean, there are certain times of the year. I mean, when 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 the restaurant smells of autumn, for example, um, don't start. <laughs> I think um, there are very few things soup-wise better than butternut squash soup. Mm. Um, if someone has done its own smoked salmon, for example, always going to give that a shot. Potted shrimp, <clears throat> always going to find it hard to say no to a potted shrimp. But an oyster, six oysters, just again, it's, it's a that's. It's an exciting start to the the meal. It kind of, if they're good, it gives you confidence in how the place is sourced stuff. It's the confidence not to mess around with it too much. It's they have to be fresh. They have to be. It's just yeah. It, it, it gets the taste buds going in a really nice way. And and yourself, what would uh, what's going to tick the starter box for you? Again, I'm I'm quite straightforward with some of this, but yeah, a pate or terrine. You know, that would be where my eye goes straight away. If someone's doing a Scotch egg as a starter, Ooh. Ooh, I'd, I'd, a cool. I'd be in there straight away. 
And and to be honest, this doesn't matter whether it's a start or a main, a side, whatever. If there's any mention of Yorkshire puddings anywhere, I'm in. But yeah, a really good Scotch egg, those kind of things. But I think this is also where it's quite kind of interesting now is that, especially with when my wife and I go out for food so many times now, you go out and you have small plates. So you don't really have that starter main dessert. And yeah, we do. But, you know, if croquettes were there as a starter, mm-hmm. that would just be a given. Um, but there'd be normally as a small plate. But yeah, someone's done a really good pate and it doesn't, well, maybe I wouldn't have a mushroom pate or a salad pate. <laughs> but, you know, if, if a pate would normally be my go-to um, or a scotch egg would definitely be where I want to go. And so I guess because this whole thing is called starters and sides, what's the kind of side? It's, it's, the, it's the natural extension of the question. There you go. So what what would you hope there would be a side dish or, you know, your go-to again for a side dish? Well, this is, it also, I think this also raises another question and particularly when we start running this by other people, do we accept potatoes as a given? Or is the variety of potato and the variety, or the way the potato is, yeah, the variety. does that make it an acceptable side dish? This is, there's, I think there's, there's a, there's a little bit of definition we've got to give here. If it's, if we're going to include potatoes, I've got, to, I would probably, I mean, mash growing up was always the thing for me. Still is to some extent. It's, it's the food that just, it's a, it's a hug for me. Buttery good mash is absolutely. The, the thing that I would want to see, probably above chips. However, Dauphinoise might throw me for a loop because yeah. a good Dauphinoise, that's yep. very, very, very hard to turn down. If we're not including spuds and just assuming that spuds in all their beautiful myriad forms are a given on restaurant menus, um, I'm, I'm probably going to go for something really simple, a, a roasted vegetable of some description. I mean, so two of the best things I've had... Along those lines, the at Goodman where they do a, a Josper roasted red pepper, just sliced red peppers stuck in that ridiculously hot grill gets a little smoke, a little olive oil on them. They're sweet, they're smoky, they're kind of absolutely everything. They do, they go with everything, and I can still remember the first time I had roasted Brussels sprouts in a restaurant, which reinvented Brussels sprouts for me. Mm. They absolutely turned me around from the coming from a family or yeah, with food history dating back to the seventies and grandparents who, um, well, the smell of autumn was the start of sprouts cooking for Christmas. Really, um, went on in October, came off on the twenty fifth of December. Not, uh, they've never been my favourite vegetable until someone chopped them up, threw them in a pan, coated with them in olive oil, and served them to me in a restaurant once. And you go. Oh dear Lord! Do you think that's the key? That's the key with sprouts. Though, is chopping them up. Mm-hmm. It's it's not having them as these like globule little balls of like mini like, cabbage. That's the, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, <laughs> snack cabbage yeah. as they look like. Yes, <laughs> that's the thing. Chop them up, bacon, walnuts, you know, whatever. But yeah, it's when they come like. Yeah, we're going back to testicle talk and awful again, aren't we? But (laughs) 
a bowl of Brussels sprouts to me is my salad mushrooms. It's like no, I don't. I really don't want to eat them. But when they're done, yeah, you're right. When when they so much of that, and that's again something we'll talk about in the future about presentation of food. But a bowl of sprouts to me is about as appetising, yeah, as a bowl of mushrooms in a donut in a with donut. a salad. <laughs> so come on, okay. So they are you're in your restaurant of dreams. You've there's no there's not a mushroom in sight. The salad has already been sold. What's on that start? What's on that side list? What's on the, the well? List I'm with you. I'm with you. I've got to say, it's all kinds of varieties of potato. You know, whether it's mm-hmm. potato fries, whether it's triple cooked fries, whether it's mash, and uh, you know, I think you're dead right in that. Is that well, Daffinoise potato as a side is just brilliant. Um, I've got to be honest, I'd go halloumi fries. Um, so I'm kind of like on a bit of a theme. Oh, Yorkshire puddings. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know, if, we, if, we, if we push it away from the carbs, do you have anything that no. you really, really want to see? Too close to salad. And more <laughs> And this is where, yeah, I, you know, I am a Neanderthal when it comes to some stuff like that. But no, I mean, I love a tender stem broccoli that's done really well and things like that. But that all joking aside, there are certain things. But yeah, normally my go-to would be something that was potato based, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, because it's potato based, and you kind of go, I've just got to have this in my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was just, I've just, yeah, I was, I was also just thinking. You mentioned the the broccoli and stuff. I was thinking that greenery. Just suddenly thought of the cream spinach again at Goodman. Mm. And you go, well, man, that's delicious. And go, yeah, well, yeah. of course it is because it's got a quarter, a quarter of a pint of cream and and, yeah. and about a pound of cheese in it. So yeah, that possibly has more to do with. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good point. Actually, could we have cheese as a side? <laughs> Sorry, it is a dessert. But yeah, and and that's what I love. And you know, it's it's it, it. This is just where we want to go with some of this. And it's like, yeah. So you know, we, we're we're in the process of um, the website should be done within the next couple of weeks. Um, the the email address is now live. Everyone knows our Twitter handles and and Instagram handles. But you know, what are your starters and sides, and what are your go tos on a menu? Yeah. You know, the things that you really hope for are the things that you detest, mm-hmm. the things that you just would never, ever even look at. Because, um, you know, we want to know. We really um, want to know. Absolutely. And I, go, and I know we've got one follow-up thing still to still to do here, which is something I've been looking at for a long, long time. Kicked the idea around as a feature, kicked it around as a website. Uh, had the brilliant idea of... It's going to be called the Goose Drank Wine. So it's going to be the best three pounds, six pound, nine, the three six nine, the best three pounds, six pound, nine pounds spend in food. And then, as we discussed over a cocktail or two in Manchester, it's not very inflation proof. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, the, the three quid will rapidly become a Twix. Um, <laughs> just, yeah. Well, again, we, you might get away with the Greg sausage roll. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. And there are only so many of those. So, so we've gone. The best £5, £10, and £20 spend on food and drink in your area, 
in the supermarket, whatever it may be. So I'm going to throw this one over to you, sir. Well, I'm going to stick with like the going out stuff, but for me, the best £5 spend, um, and it will probably be there for a long, long time, is the, the ham hock croquettes at Jane Eyre. They're £4.50. They've got a mushy pea dip. They are just... And I've said this before, but for me, they're probably the best croquettes I've ever had. And they are just incredible. £4.50 for three fingers of joy. They're just, <laughs> they are just incredible. And I think Nancy and my wife summed up brilliantly. The, the, the kind of correlation between the amount of ham hock and the bechamel and everything that is just absolutely perfect. And for me, like for four pound fifty, yeah, every every time. And I think it's going to take an incredible steak bake from Greg's to surpass that. <laughs> uh, what about you? Your 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 five pound spend. Five pound, yeah. This was uh, probably the easiest one for me on the basis. I've, I've mentioned it several times on Instagram. I've mentioned it. All over the place. Um, Jalupo gelato in uh, uh, Piccadilly. Um, they do a an affogato. I say affogato is kind of the perfect dessert. Don't often want a massive dessert, but a single scoop of ice cream is glorious. Don't always want to go too heavy on the coffee if it's a kind of a lazy lunch or whatever, but scoop of ice cream, coffee poured over the top. They do a, a small affogato for two quid or a large one for four. And if there is a better way of spending two pounds or four pounds in London, I really, really need to know. Nice. And you're... Just perfect. It is absolutely perfect. So that was that was easy. What about your ten? Ten, when they're doing it, the, uh, the Oystermen in Covent Garden, uh, they have a happy hour between three and five. Glass of Cremont, six oysters, ten quid. Nice. Boom. I mean, how how could you not? Mm. Um, and the the only way you can't do it is if you go with me and a couple of people I've often been with, where we do it three or four times in an hour. Mm. So it, it the ten quid deal isn't quite as as good as it could have been. The other possible option there uh, is going down to Borough Market, gourmet goat. The gourmet goat kofta sandwich, I think for a tenner you can throw halloumi into it and still get change. Otherwise, gourmet goat sandwich, and then pop round to Phil at Juma Kitchen and get one of his other uh, kuba haleb things. Nice. That's that's as perfect a way of spending a tenner as as I can possibly imagine. And again, so what's so throwing it back up north? The the best. Just under ten pounds spent for me recently um, was the slow cooked beef cheeks at Bar San Juan in Chalton. They were just got a crispy onion on top. They were, and we're getting back to the awful thing, but these were just absolutely fantastic. And I think they came in at eight quid. Um, yeah, just exquisite, mate. They were just, they were just unbelievable. I, I'm going to roll straight into my twenty quid which was, um, I've talked about uh, Brillingham Price before. I really like their pubs. I really like what they do with their food. Their menus are brilliant. A couple of Sundays ago, we went to the Bull's Head in Mottram St. Andrew, not too far from here, and their braised shoulder of lamb was just, 
And I did ask if I could have a Yorkshire pudding with it. And they said yes, even though it wasn't on the menu. It was only if you're having the beef, but they gave me a Yorkshire pudding. That was huge. Uh, but yeah, uh, the the bray shoulder on it at uh, the bull's head was was just phenomenal. Um, so, what about your twenty? Your your main spend for twenty quid? I think again, at the risk of this turning into an advertisement for certain restaurants, you can get two courses for eighteen at Noble Rot at lunchtimes, which is an incredible deal. Alternatively, if you're looking at Sunday lunches. Uh, Blacklock. Uh, I don't think we've been. Next time we come down, we must try and get a table. They do a Sunday lunch where you can go all in. So it's, it, there's a bit of roast pork, there's a bit of beef, uh, there's a bit of lamb over a mountain of veg and Yorkshire puddings. Your own personal, you get a boat of gravy for the table and an individual boat of gravy each, which they will top up from a flask during the course of the lunch if you've used all the gravy. And it's 20 quid. Nice. It is an astonishing bit of value. Um, again, really hard to say no to. It's a brilliant convivial place as well. Um, really good one to go to with a group of people and just have a really good Sunday lunch. Uh, that's going to tick all. It's going to tick all of your boxes, certainly from the Yorkshire pudding perspective as well. And no mushrooms or greenage. Well, unless you are specifically. Yeah, which, which obviously, which obviously, I will be. So. I will. <laughs> Some nice roast salad, served, yeah. served in a roll of tripe. Yeah, on, on a bed of mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, you're all right, mate. <laughs> so yeah, yeah so, so yeah. Well, I think we're, we're going to have to throw this one out to the uh, throw these ones out to the general public uh, in due course. As you say, we've got a, a website, hopefully imminent. Yeah, it's on its way. And uh, if you want to email us, um, we are going to be found at the bar at startersandsize.com. So that's the bar at, at startersandsize.com. So if you want to drop us an email, tell us about um, your go to dishes, your starters, your sides, the stuff that you absolutely hate, things that irritate you about food and drink. And let's not get too political about it. You know, we all know that side of it. But those little nuances and those little things that, yeah, this this menu smells of autumn. Um, <laughs> let's let's like, what are those things that really just? And it could be, you know, things that have been around for a while and things that just when, you know, and it, there's a really good friend of mine who used to get really wound up as soon as he stood up to go to the toilet and the waiter would come over and like pick up his napkin and put it on the table and he's like, I don't want you to do that. Those kind of things, which I know it's just waiting staff trying to be really good and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't particularly bother me, but it really did used to wind him up. Um, anyway, but yeah, let's, uh, so yeah, we'd love to hear, like from all three of you that listen to the podcast, it would be great to, uh, to hear what, I know the father-in-law will be on this straight away, um, about uh, what winds you up about food and drink, what's your go-to start, what's your go-to side. If you went round to someone's for dinner, like what three courses, if they put in front of you, would yeah, the dinner your dinner party from hell exactly. Um, so yeah, we want to throw this out, and we're going to be doing this with chefs that we speak to, with producers we speak to. Um, I've already spoke to a couple of chocolate producers this week who really want to get involved in this about what their go-to things are and this, that, and the other. So 
yeah, let us know. Um, it'd be great to hear from everybody else. Also, what would be great to hear is now we've got the uh, the email address set up. So I say the bar at startersandsize.com. Um, stuff you want us to talk about, stuff you want us to find out a bit more about. Absolutely. You know? Those kind of things that basically we're lazy. And if you can give us some content, then it'd be brilliant. No, I'm joking. I'm just going to steal steal everyone's ideas. That's that's kind of that's how this works, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. we've got loads that's of how media works. Yeah, we've got we're going to be over the next you know couple of months. We've got chefs that lined up that we're speaking to. We've got say producers that we're talking to. We want to tie some things in with Chocolate Week and things like that, where we're going to be talking to. Manchester-based chocolate makers and and chocolatiers down in London. So, yeah, we just want to broaden this out. And um, as the world opens up again, you know, if there's events that you're hosting or that you want us to get involved in, you want us to come and have a look at, you know, we'd love to get involved. So drop us an email at uh, the bar. The bar? Startersandsize.com. You can always find us at the bar. The bar. Um, so yeah, drop us an email, but we'd, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. And um, I think we're going to leave it there. We've been rabbiting for nearly 50 minutes, which is, you know, usual for us too. Um, I know we've both got loads of stuff lined up for the next month or so, including actually uh, me coming down to London. So Indeed. flip it. So I'm going to be coming down to London and, and we're going to be doing some stuff down there, which we'll undoubtedly pick up in the, uh, in the next episode. So... Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you've you like this kind of content and we really want you to get involved. So uh, drop us an email. I'm going to say once more, uh, we are the bar at startersandsize.com. Drop us an email and uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, in the meantime, mate, good to chat to you. And, Always uh, a pleasure. And I'll, uh, I'll see you uh, at the bar. Yeah, I'll see you at the bar. <laughs> in a <laughs> Take care. Fantastic. Cheers. Cheers.